It's the TV podcast, Jason Snell and Monty Ashley back to talk Game of Thrones, penultimate episode of season four, The Watchers on the Wall. Hi, Monty. Hi, Jason. I, uh, are you on the wall? Are you watching? I was watching the wall, not, I was not on the wall myself. You know, who watches The Watchers on the Wall? We uh, do. That would be Gilly, I guess. Well, Always. we do. This week, yeah, we, we watch The Watchers on the Wall. And Gilly watches, and actually, Janos Slint watches, because he doesn't do anything, except be, complain, and act all special, because he used to work at King's Landing. Yeah. That guy sucks. <laughs> See, there's The wall is populated with guys who you're like, yeah, you're a big jerk. You suck. <laughs> well, I think we've covered this. I don't yeah, remember yeah, whether yeah. I covered it with you or Brian, but The Wall's hiring policy is going to tend to have its share of people who yeah. are jerks. Well, and that and that actually is what uh, Yano Slint uh, says, right? Yeah. Is instead of trying to work on stopping the billion-man... Monst and monster march toward the wall. He's like, "Wow, you guys are terrible! Just a bunch of criminals and rapists." And I, <laughs> did I mention that I used to run the the King's Landing police force? And, and uh, tr- that's when tra- they do the little uh, little. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, Mister Slint, that you're needed downstairs. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's not like their training techniques really mold people into powerful warriors. Based on what we saw of John's experience, if you're too good at fighting, they will hate you. I guess. Well, you know, it's like high school. <laughs> you don't want to. You don't want to stand out too much. No, I. I as much as I really enjoyed uh, John and Sam and uh, and Meister Eamon and uh, some other members and Dolores <laughs> Ed and some other members of the, the of the Night's Watch. One of them named Pip. Yes, but when you think about it, it is not practical to run a i mean this this is an organization that probably used to be run well and it's now possible. everybody assumes that that it it's more a dumping ground than necessary i guess is it right they they've abandoned most of the castles and the people who remain are kind of the dregs of society so the yeah. night's watch ain't what it used to be the only times people go to the wall are to get out of prison because, or in the case of Sam, because they're so useless at anything else, or the one time in the world that Jon Snow says, well, what the heck, I'll just join up. Yeah. Yeah. And yet, they put on a good fight in this episode. This is a good, um, this is like the Blackwater episode, obviously, of season two. It's We have a single location, a single point of view for the entire episode, and a, and a, a spectacle of a battle as the uh, as the the masses of Mance Raider on the other side of the wall begin their attack, and meanwhile the wildings that had already penetrated the wall and eaten lots of villagers and stuff uh, attack from the other side, while the uh, the Night's Watch tries to figure out what they're going to do with their poor leadership. There was a great shot about. I guess three quarters of the way through, that was this long tracking shot that showed a whole bunch of different fighting areas going from the top of the wall through the courtyard. Well, there are numerous crazy transitions in this episode. (laughs) That's something that's in my notes is that, that they, I really liked it, that there are a lot of 
kind of pan and tilt shots that i mean this is all i mean the wall isn't real a real location it's cgi right but the, the way i know i'm, I'm sorry spoilers <laughs> they they uh but they they made it you know the physics of it so that you're you're um you're like peering out over the wall and then it like tracks over the top of the wall and then down to the other side so you see the geography of the castle and you see the uh the the wildings on that side of the wall attacking the gate um and then there is that other crazy transition where the guy gets hit by the giant's arrow <laughs> and you see the giant shoot the arrow and it and it blows the guy over the wall and you watch his body fall down and smash down into where they're fighting on the other side of the wall and then it tracks through all the fighting over there yeah, which it's was a shame a, the giants only brought that one arrow cuz that seemed like a pretty good idea well they might have fi- fired some other arrows they may be very inaccurate it's possible. <laughs> that one shot looked really accurate. Well, those giants are pretty awesome, right? Yeah. I mean, they're they're uh, they're strong, and their arrows go really far. I really like how it's a regular guy shoots an arrow, and it goes halfway up the wall. It's like the sad trombone comes out, yeah. and then the giant's like, "Oh, watch this!" And then he's got a missile that takes out an entire hut on the top of the wall and blows a guy way up into the air and down on the other side. So more giants and fewer uh, regular guys, I think, would be good. Yeah. Although they clearly had a geography of the fight set out, like like I said, there's a shot where you can see where everyone is. Right. I was never entirely sure how the fight was going or where people were. It it was kind of a mass of fighting that occasionally yeah. Tormund would run through from one side to the <laughs> other, which is something I really enjoyed. Yeah, but I it was. Don't know it was Tormund was going. Meanwhile, in the in the. Basically, in the center of the of the courtyard at the castle, there was a lot of sword stuff happening with various. Yeah. It looked like kind of pairs of battlers, and it was just sort of like I mean, it was exciting on one level. On another level, it was like suffice it to say, there's a lot of fighting going on yeah. without a lot of detail of of that. It's just a lot of guys with swords. Yeah, that this setting this set is just fight. Right. When John when John decides he has to do something, eh, there's fight down here for him to fight in. Right, and yeah, and it's important that there is fighting happening, and it's sort of like the background for the individual things that happen, like Sam getting out of the elevator and talking to the kid, and 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 uh, John telling the kid to, or Sam telling the kid to, to to fire, right, to fight something, which comes back later, and. Sam taking Gilly and and uh, the stupid uh, leader guy coming down and making his you know all of that stuff happens around the idea that yes and there's a big fight going on in here and yeah. and it's not the the point is sort of not I mean I got no sense like at once they got into the courtyard there was no sense of like what was happening other than a big fight in the center of on that side which is you know I maybe is all that's required because really. You know, this is trying trying to tell these little bits of story that are happening around the fact that they're penetrating into the center of the castle, and uh, and meanwhile are over the wall. I, I didn't I didn't mind that. There's so much going on here. Um, similar yeah. similarly, the the special effect of the of the masked party on the outside and the other side of the wall, I thought was a little bit confusing because for a while there it looked like there was sort of a forest fire. Which I didn't really. It was like I, I guess that's like a mass with torches, but it didn't feel like a mass of of people with torches. It felt like, you know, they 
whoops, we set the forest on fire. I think that was to represent all the campfires. Yeah, yeah, it just seemed all, I don't know. I, I had a hard time scanning it and understanding what I was seeing. Yeah. It just seemed so large, and I guess that's what they were trying to do, is it wasn't there before, and now it's there, and yeah, that's a it, bad sign. It worked on me symbolically Yeah, that there's a giant fire right down there, and it's coming this way. Yeah, right. That's bad for us. Sure. I can process that. Like I really enjoyed the episode moment by moment. Now that it's done, I do find myself asking a couple of questions like, did that giant get through the tunnel or did those six dudes stop him? Well, I mean, I thought at the end, that last shot is that there's like a dead giant and six oh. dead dudes all kind of chopped up together in the tunnel. Oh, I missed that shot. Right? I'm the worst. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're, that's when Sam and, and John at the very end oh, go, you're right, you're right. go down there and they find him dead. There's like giant bits. There's larger bits and smaller bits. Yeah. So the, I assume the larger bits are giant parts yeah, well, of giant. A giant is not at his best in a small, confined area. No, so here's the thing. I mean, again, giants, I think the giant was enraged because like one of, like he, it, some people lost some arms and his elephants got burned and stuff like that. Well, his like buddy that. got killed. Yeah and, yeah, and his buddy was, yeah, blown apart. Um so he was mad, but you know his job is not to get through on his own and no. charge the gate. His job is to hold the gate open so that a million other people can run under the gate door. Yeah, but that's not could, what he did. So if he could, I mean, well, stupid giant, I guess. Well, that's on the rest of the army too. If the giant had lifted the gate enough so that he can get through, some of the rest of you guys could have been over there too. But apparently, you were too busy climbing the wall and getting hit by the giant anchor that was waiting for you. Which is a nice, clever, nice, clever uh, little bit of uh, of tactics. I think maybe they were they were um, they were knocked back and 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 receded because of the big explosion with all the oil and stuff. Sure. And so there was a and the, and then this one giant who was close is like, well, I'm really mad now. But but yeah, it, it seemed tactically like a really. I mean, obviously the giant was just really angry because. Um, it was really stupid. <laughs> He's the whole idea there is just to open the door and let everybody through. Because yeah, one giant running down a tunnel where he's got locked doors in front of him and behind him is not the best. If, what if he gets through? What happens? Then then he blo- blows some stuff up in the castle and they kill him. He basically. kills some dudes. That's that's his goal. He'll kill some dudes because he's really mad. Yeah, that's because uh, they somebody killed his bird or pet dog or. In this case, his buddy, his brother, maybe, yeah. and and again, I think burn the elephants, and that might make him might make him angry. Yeah, mm-hmm. I I I loved this episode in mm-hmm. moments, and actually, I don't mind uh, other than the fact that I was hoping for a I, I think a resolution that is not going to come until next week. I was kind of hoping that there would be a moment of like you know, well, I you know the the tide has turned, and really the the, the resolution here is that John is the leader now. Um, although then he walks out, which pisses me off yeah. because it's like come on john you're now the leader and your plan he says this is a stupid plan it's like your plan is to just walk back out into the snow and kill mance raider bad plan yeah. <laughs> get a better plan especially but I now now that hostilities have opened up they'll probably be watching for you yeah and you're you're you know you're the guy you have established that you are the leader of the night's watch so why are you I don't know. I, that was that was kind of frustrating, and I hope that it's resolved next week. It looks like it might be, which is good. I was afraid that was the last we were going to see of these guys until next season, and it looks like we will see some more yeah. of John next week. But I did like his progression because, I mean, it's been obvious that he has he's right and all the other stupid guys are wrong. Yeah, Sarah and, Alistair even said, yeah, I should have done what you said. 
Yeah, you're gonna but, say you're gonna say I told you so, <laughs> Lord Snow. No, well, this I is still, what, I still hate you, and you still hate me. But yeah, that <laughs> this is what being a leader is, which is one of those things that's gonna come back to him. Obviously, yeah. as he's saying it, it's like, so you're gonna be the leader, and you're gonna have to deal with this crap. But right now, I'm the leader, and I'm gonna have to deal with it. So that was good. I, I loved. I mean, I, I was gonna come on here and start with saying, you know, great episode or greatest episode because this was Lord of the Rings level insanity of battles and spectacle and that you know although there are not a con- as many of you know concentrated great characters as maybe there were in the Blackwater where we had a whole lot of characters we knew well because here it's a lot it's sort of like hey that guy and that other guy and have we seen that guy before right? yeah there was that was how I was feeling was all right I know one of these guys is Pip yeah. oh there's that kid from uh the village yeah I and wonder what Ed. he's going to do with his archery skills yeah, exactly. So that that was that made it, uh, you know, the stakes different and less less character stakes. But um, it was there were still a lot of really nice individual moments and this incredible action spectacle yeah. on a TV sh- on an episode of a TV show. I mean, it did blow me away. I enjoyed I enjoyed it thoroughly. It's just afterward, I'm thinking to myself, it it seems to have resolved a little bit less than the Blackwater did. Right, the Blackwater was major battle in a war. And then it had an end. And this was more like an important defensive stop, but not a resolution of the hostilities. Yes. After all that, the show didn't let us have a breather the way it didn't let the characters have a breather. John said, oh, well, they're coming back again tonight. And they have lots more giants and mammoths. Right. So we got to do something. Right. So all you did was just stop the first attack, not stop the attack. So in, in terms of the individual moments, I wanted to. I wrote some down that I wanted to run down. We get some really. We get a really nice uh, uh, moment at the beginning with uh, with John and Sam. Yeah, Sam has been reading the rules carefully, and he thinks he is allowed to have a lady friend. I love. I love that Sam is rules, rules lawyering the, uh, <laughs> the the oath of the Night's Watch, and who better to say? Well, I just don't need to. I, I can't have kids or marry. But it doesn't say anything about anything else, which I think I think is good. And it's also sweet because Sam is feeling like they're all going to die, and he knows that John um, has 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 been with Egret, and uh, he wants to get a little like sort of vicarious action there before he dies. Yeah, um, although I think he should aim higher because Egret is great, and Gilly is kind of horrible at this point. Yeah, what's the well? I mean, like he's he brought you into the castle he's giving you a place to hide and you're still yelling at him because he's going to go not well, be a traitor I, I think on, that's, lady. i think that's unfair to gilly I, gilly is first off i mean think of gilly's life gilly is child of craster impregnated by craster has craster's baby craster's baby is going to get taken away and turned into a white walker he she gets saved she gets put with the whores uh, they they kill everybody but her. Egret spares her and her baby. You know, I, if she's got this uh, feeling for an attraction for Sam, and yet this feeling like she keeps getting screwed over and abandoned, I would be kind of cranky too at that point. Plus, you know, let's be realistic here. When he says I'm going to leave, her, her she's not wrong in saying, "What are you going to do? You're just the fat guy." <laughs> But and he doesn't want to hear that, and 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 he does. Have, I love that he has his duty, but I totally understand why she would think that. But this is one of the few points where she's not being abandoned. 
She's yeah. Well, he says Sam so, ha- right? I, I'm not going to stay in the same room with you. Yeah. <laughs> Sam broke the rules of the Night's Watch to bring her into the castle. I'm just saying I understand why she's been... clingy. <laughs> All right. All right. <laughs> just, I understand where Gilly is coming from, but also that Sam needs to go out and be with his brothers and not be a coward like Slint, who goes into that. Apparently, that's the room you hide in, by the way. That must yeah. be like everybody knows that's the panic room. <laughs> Go in there. There's like cold meat and barrels, and no one will ever think to look there except everybody knows to go there. And in practice, Sam did a really good job. He was, he started out just being the crossbow loader, who was also in charge of telling his crossbow man, keep your mind on your work. Right. You're going to be great. Keep working. And he killed a couple guys, and. No, Sam. Good fight. Sam proved his uh, proved his worth, and I was saying to my wife that uh, you know any I, I, you got to have a fat sidekick named Sam. It's great. It kills me every time that <laughs> that we've got this. But Sam is a great character, and I love him. I love his uh, scene with Meister uh, Amon too. Yes, who I, I had to look up if we had already heard that he's a Targaryen, which we did in season <laughs> one. That's yeah. one of my favorite little character bits that we've got this. Perfectly interesting, you know, incredibly old blind man at the wall. And in addition to all of that, he's Daenerys's like great uncle. <laughs> and he's cool. He, he, I love that scene that he, um, first off, it says, Oh, I know where all the books are. I just can't read them now because I'm a blind old man. But then talks about his, you know, I can tell you everything about my first love and I can see her and she's more real to me than you are right now, which is like kind of burn on sam but a beautiful little little scene there it is until you remember what the targaryens used to be like yeah. <laughs> well because aemon seems nice now doesn't mean that young aemon wasn't some kind of horrifying monster well the, the impression i get is that that's why he's at the wall though is that he never wanted a part of of the of the game of thrones and he didn't want to be a part of his family's uh stuff of course it, that I believe that also means that the Mad King was his fault because he would have been the king. Yes. And instead, he said, see ya. I'm going to the wall. I don't want to be, you know, I think he was in the King's Guard and he was, he decided he wasn't going to be, uh, wasn't going to be a king. The king didn't want to be the king. His brothers got killed. He could have been the king. He was like, no, I'm out of here. I'm going to the, I'm going to the Night's Watch. So it's his sort of his fault that this whole thing happened because he I would agree. probably have been a better king than his crazy little brother. We have to assume. But, you know, because he's so wise. But who knows? Maybe he has mellowed a lot with his incredibly advanced age. <laughs> but he's a fun character, and I, I, I like him there. I, I actually was confused about exactly who John was giving uh, Sam the key to, to say, I need him more than you. And I was like, what can Meister Eamon do in a situation like this? It's like, <laughs> no, they're going to get the dire, giant dire wolf that eats people and yeah, let him ca- out. He came out for his one CGI scene. Yeah, exactly. That's one of the big differences between the book and the show to me is... For the longest time, as soon as John gets to the wall, the book says, and Ghost is always with him, always, always with by him. his side, this giant dire wolf. But in the show, it's expensive to have a giant dire wolf in every shot. So most of the time, Ghost has been somewhere else. Right. Right. Locked up roaming or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see. What what else? I, I did enjoy, we, we get that moment on the wall with the, you know, when <laughs> when you're the leader, everybody 
second guesses you and you, you know you know you were right um and i really enjoyed the scene where when once he puts uh slint in charge <laughs> that the the guy like i mean it literally kind of walks around a post to the other side so he's by the elevator and says word has just reached me yeah. <laughs> i mean it's so blatantly it's well, beautiful that, that it's just like be- you got to go downstairs he didn't need to be all that convincing because it's not like Slint was going to argue. Right. Right. You're needed. And, and he's sort of sucking up to him too, right? He's like, oh, you're oh, yeah. needed. Your leadership skills are needed because he's a he's a stuffed shirt. He thinks so so well of himself. But it's also a great setup for the fact that everybody knows that John is going to be a better leader uh, and they need leadership right now. And, you know, John John's going to make these decisions, which are uh, things like ready, aim, fire. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, drop the don't... barrels. <laughs> Wait until the guys directly below us. Okay, hit the barrels. Those guys on the wall, when they are exactly 250 feet up, loose the anchor. Yeah, there's probably a marker or something down there. I assume so, because the anchor really only kills people who are at exactly this height. I don't know. It's got the chain behind it, so I think if you're higher, you probably... Plus, there's there's ice fall, right? I I think there's there's many ways to die on the wall. It's really like a a Rube Goldberg kind of thing. It's like we're going to drop a bunch of ice, and then this big anchor's going to swing, and there's a chain above it, and it's going to drop more ice, and... You know, but you're, yeah, I did have that same thought. It's like, do they have a little dotted line or something? It's like... Which they should, I mean... Yeah. Given that there's only one spot to attack the wall, apparently, you can easily right. have all of your defenses lined right up at that gate. Well, it looks like, again, that the, that this is, I think we talked about this last week, that this is the, you know, this is the most vulnerable spot because it's got that big old tunnel. Yeah. Um, I'm surprised the tunnel doesn't have any traps in it, like... Pits? Or spikes that fall from the ceiling, for example. Yeah, sure. You know, get some, of that, get some of that flammable oil down there. Yeah, as long as it's the only way in. I know you're very proud of your gate. Just throw something else in. You've had the gate for hundreds of years. Right. Now, But that's the, again, we're back to the fact that the Night's Watch, as much as we like John and and Sam and Meister Eamon, um, this is a decrepit organization. I mean, this is, and having read the books, it's the same thing, right? It's, yeah. It's early, and again, not spoiling anything for the, we're very good at pretending that we don't know what's going to come in the future, but, but, um, but it's very clear in the books from the very beginning that we are seeing a legacy. Uh, this is the message of this is a thousand years ago when whatever happened, the last time they saw the White Walkers, the last time there was this big long winter, all of the stuff that lives in legend now, that's when we did all this. That's when we built the wall and we set up the castles and we set up the Night's Watch and it all made sense then. And now it's so long after this and nobody thinks that they're worth it anymore. It's a, it's, they go through the motions, but it's, it's a waste. And obviously this is a story of a threat. We've seen it. It's in the first scene of the show a threat from the the north from north of the wall is going to attack the rest of humanity and the guys who are the first line of defense have become a joke and so every time i i I roll my eyes at something about the night's watch i'm reminded that although that is a nice oath and there are some very brave people including the guys (laughs) who sacrifice themselves to kill kill that giant the fact is it ain't what it used to be yeah a thousand years ago the best minds in all of Westeros sat down and said, if we are attacked by giants, how do we repel them? I got it. And, and, then, <laughs> A not big only, and then not only is no one doing that anymore, no one even remembers what those guys thought of. Right. No, it is. It's that it's the, they... Those who forget the past are doomed to repeat it, and that's exactly what's happening, is that they, they didn't... 
You know, they let this this organization fall apart. Uh, you know, the a thing that doesn't get brought up too much in the in the show, but is is mentioned many times in the books, is that the Night's Watch is supposed to have like it's got like twenty castles across the wall. Yeah. And all but three at this point have been completely abandoned because they just don't have the guys. My favorite indication of that is that they make a big deal of assigning graduates of the wall or graduates of the Night's Watch training thing to their different classes. You're a ranger. You're a builder. There's only like five guys. <laughs> That's right. You really don't need to be separating them. This is a plan you have when a thousand people come in right. and you need to separate them. And assign them to the various the various things. It's sort of like that scene in Lord of the Rings where they light the signal towers and it's like one after another to send the message that the, the attack is taking place. Except in Westeros, they'd like, like one signal tower and then cut to the next signal tower and there's like a bat flies out yeah. and there's a spider web and it's like, oh well. Well, luckily, these attackers are very good sports and are willing to blow their own horns yes. before their attack, sure. even though it's a surprise attack from both sides. Wildings, what you gonna do? Yeah, they, they, they. Well, that's how you get them whipped up into a frenzy. You um, want to talk about egret? Yeah, before we do, I just wanted oh. to mention the fact that I spent like five minutes saying there are giants and elephants at the gate. You got barrels of oil. Now <laughs> is the time to drop them. And I'm glad they finally dropped them, but they seemed to wait. It just felt like they waited forever. It's like they're right down there. You're looking over the wall at the giants at your gate, the most important thing to defend. They've got these big elephants right there. Now is the time to blow them up. And they finally dropped it, but... But that really frustrated me. And they, I guess they have other barrels that they didn't light on fire that were just like full of, what, rocks or something yeah. that are just there to smash people. But they ha- yeah, but they have the launching barrels for things farther from the wall. And they certainly have barrels that are designed to drop straight down on exactly where those giants and mammoths are standing. And right. apparently they only have one load of those because once the giant started actually lifting the gate, nothing could be done. Yeah. Yeah. Also, uh, sometimes you have malfunctions, like when your oil barrel doesn't roll off and you try to poke it with your sword and it makes you blow up. (laughs) He had that coming. Oil is difficult to deal with. It is flaming oil. Definitely dangerous, but it makes a nice explosion and kills some giants. So that's good. Let's talk about Egret. It's too bad that the wall doesn't have any of that cool green fire they had in King's Landing. Yeah. Seriously. Well, it it, might melt the whole wall down. (laughs) Well. Well. Egret. Uh, she was at the beginning of the episode. She seemed more nervous than everyone else, although that might have just been because the cannibal was poking at her. Mm-hmm. And then she did not kill John when she should have. Yet again. Uh, yet again. Although I like that that uh, John says that she put a an arrow six inches from his heart, and you know the impl- implication there, of course, is. That six inches is how much she loves you. <laughs> Take that for what it's worth. Anyway, she, she doesn't. She can't do it. She says, in fact, it's a little, I thought it's interesting. She says, leave him to me. I don't want to see anybody else killing him. And I actually thought that she was going to kill the guy who was, uh, who was trying to kill him. But John actually got him with a hammer. Yeah. Because he's trying to kill. And she wants to be the one to kill him. Or is she saying that because she is not sure whether she wants him to die or not. And she can't this, you know, we saw that flashback at the, at the beginning in the, in the previously segment, they showed the, uh, the thing about 
the, the they're true to each other more than they're true to their individual you know wherever they're from and so yeah. she has that moment where it she's got him there and you know once again they're like the lovers separate you know on opposite sides and and what does she do and she she hesitates he basically yeah. smiles at her which is kind of interesting <laughs> and it's like good to see you again and i'm ready for you to kill me if you, that's what you're going to choose to do here and uh you know she doesn't get the chance to decide but she does hesitate and that's what kills her yeah i i think that hesitation was her because she had plenty of time to kill him even before that moment of hesitation she could have killed him out from under the uh cannibal during that fight right and she just didn't yeah well, i think she just couldn't bear to do it right and this was it would be interesting to see what would happen if they were if they were just uh left staring at each other and somebody else wasn't trying to kill them. Yeah. My 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 guess is it probably would have been something like let's pretend we didn't see each other here <laughs> and continue fighting other people and hopefully it'll all get resolved. Yeah. But um you know that you know that's not dramatic so something had to happen. And then in one of the only cases of pure poetic justice in the entire series She's killed by an arrow from the kid who was the son of the parents she killed in that village earlier. Yeah. Yeah. Who is the kid who who Sam said, find a weapon, make yeah. yourself useful. And he Normal, didn't. Normally things in Game of Thrones don't work out quite that nicely. And she got to say, you know nothing, Jon Snow, at the end. It's like, wait for it. You got to get your, the catchphrase out one last time. <laughs> got to sell those t-shirts. Yeah, although I did like the, the you know, remember that cave. We could, I wish we could go back to that cave. That, yeah, that was I mean, a great cave. Yeah, that was a great. I mean, it was just like, it was warm and there were no other wildlings in it. And they could just be there all naked and take baths and have sex and do whatever they they needed to do. And that was their, that was their moment. That was like uh, that island in Endless Love, right? It's just like... <laughs> We can just ha- we can stay here, but that's just not how it works. Life goes on, except for Egret, who is dead. <laughs> for some people, life goes on. Yeah. For almost everyone, it does not. In Game of Thrones, especially. No. What else? What else do we? I feel like we've. Uh, I mean, there's tw- so much here, but but it's all of one thing. So. Um, I liked the scene where you could see Sir Alistair and Tormund Giantsbane fighting along the walkway. Yes. That Tormund. I feel bad for because he was working hard the entire episode. Mm-hmm. As soon as the attack began, he killed a lot of guys. He was just wherever he was, there was an endless stream of people for him to kill. Mm-hmm. And then he got all the way to the courtyard, and now he's been captured. Yeah, just a shame. Yeah, he did. He he worked really hard, and he didn't. He didn't. He didn't really kill. Uh, what is it, Ballister? No, uh, he knocked him over. Yeah, yeah, he knocked, he like wounded him and knocked him over, and he fell off the side and all of that. But yeah, and he had to be dragged out of the fight, so yeah. he is not in charge right now. Right. To be to be continued, and of course, Slint is uh is still alive because he was cowering, which Sam finds him in. So that's an interesting little little thing too to be there because those so those guys are still around ish, maybe. Yeah, but yeah, you gotta fe- you gotta feel bad for the the leader of the wildings that that uh, he did a, he did as good a job as you could possibly do. You know, I'm gonna give him a, a thumbs up on his uh, annual uh, uh, annual report, annual review. 
but yeah, he did get goals, captured. That's his, his one goal. Said minus. Russian this side of the wall caused mayhem. Yeah, D- done. He, yeah, mayhem caused all over the place. Yeah, then, I, I, I did. Yeah. I did feel like there could have been a little bit more of that. Um, uh, difficult decision on. I was kind of waiting for there to be a sacrifice where yeah. a, there had to be a decision to either do you defend the people down in the keep or do you keep on attacking? And it felt like at that moment it didn't feel to me like the Night's Watch was shorthanded, uh, which I kind of wanted. I kind of wanted like desperate somebody from down below to say, we need everybody down below or we're all going to die and have John have to say, I'll come down, but I can't, you know, make a tough decision like that because that was the part one part. It seemed like they had enough guys to do both of these things. And I had been under the impression that the Night's Watch was so weak now that I would have liked to have seen a hard decision be made there that I, I that I didn't see. Yeah. John's leadership mostly took the form of uh, shoot those guys. Now drop those barrels. Yeah. And now I'm going to leave. But just remember, shoot those guys, drop those barrels. Got it. OK, Ed, you take over. I'm going to go down and chop up some people. Yeah. And when he gets down to the bottom, of course, because he's the hero, it's sort of like, here come the guys who kill everybody. (laughs) Why were they up there? (laughs) They kill everybody. (laughs) They should have been down here all along, it turns out. But that's the bad management of the Night's Watch again, putting those guys up there. Yep. Because they're really good with swords and they kill lots of guys. Uh, I, I, what did you think overall? I, I, um, I really I thought, liked it. I, I had a great time watching it. And like, I thought it was exciting. Yeah. I thought it was well staged. But like I say, taking a step back from it, I'm not sure what was being accomplished in any given scene. I don't. All I, I know everyone's general goals that the wildlings are trying to take over the castle and get through the tunnel. But I can't tell what all the people in the courtyard are trying to do to achieve that. They're just attacking each other. Fighty, fighty. Yeah. Yeah. Fight, 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 bite, bite, bite. <laughs> so yeah. very exciting. Lots of fun. And really, yeah. And st- t- tactically, uh, more about the individual bits of of some of the characters um, amid the spectacle. Yeah. And hopefully now that John is more of an in-charge person, it would be neat to see a scene like that again, but from a more strategic point of right. view. Well, that, this is one of my hopes, is that this is the turning point for... And again, although I've read all the books, uh, one of the nice things about it is that I remember some major things that happen and then have no memory of like that any of the details. Yeah. So what I'll say here is, I look at a scene like this with John and think... All we've said about the Night's Watch being pathetic and the fact that uh, this threat from the North has come again, I would like to believe that this is a turning point and that they have uh, a competent le- a young, competent leader who uh, has the great advantage of being one of the main characters on our TV show. Yes. Um, and that maybe this is like the, when <laughs> nope. the Night's Watch gets it together. Yeah, Dolorous Ed is probably not the focus of the story going forward. Probably not. That seems unlikely. Although he did a great job up there on the wall telling them to drop that stuff and fire those arrows. Yeah. You know, he kept it together. He can be a a nice second in command for John, maybe. All right, next week's the big finale. It's called The Children. Yeah. Interesting. I don't know. I don't know. We should get Brian Hamilton back. 
Yes. We'll do a big... Uh, Drag uh, him back to this continent. Get all, get all three of us together and wrap up the season in style next week. Space. The final frontier. These are the voyages of Scott McNulty. His one-man mission to watch every episode of Star Trek... The original series, The Next Generation, Deep Space Nine, Voyager, Enterprise, and all the feature films, but not the animated series, randomly, with a guest, on a podcast. It's called Random Trek. First of all, some of the actors are better than yeah, others. I was going to say, this is my favorite part of this episode, is watching the actors just freeze and try to remain as still as possible. Some. I will say that DeForest Kelly and Leonard Nimoy do a pretty good job. I, uh, I think yes, and I like how Shatner has some trouble because his eyes keep moving. He's like, uh. <laughs> he can't stop acting. Find it on iTunes or at theincomparable.com/slash/randomtrack.